but it's the first podcast that we're going to give you of September. So the dog days of summer That was about as disastrous of an opening as we possibly could have had right after I told you guys how important the first 20 seconds are. <laughs> yeah, I guess it auto plays, turn that on. Turn that off. Um, That's great, anywho, That's a good start, What we were going to try to do was kind of switch up the opening a little bit where I tell you what we're going to talk about on the show, and then we play the music. But Blog Talk Radio obviously thought that they were going to do things their own way. So, anywho, um, it is... The first true podcast of hockey season, I would say. I would say from September on, you're in hockey season. So we're going to talk to you guys about the Traverse City roster, the Traverse City tournament, Philip Heitel, a little bit of Brian Leach and Brad Richards, and uh, maybe some offer sheet stuff. And now the music should play. Well, hello there. I'm joined by Mike and Beth. Mike and Beth, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. You so ruined nice. everything already. I, I know. Yeah. It, it literally, it could not have gone worse. And I had just finished, like right before the British woman told us we were going live, um, I told them that I read a study on how critical the first 20 seconds of a podcast are to see if people are going to listen or not, and we botched that one pretty, pretty good. We but or you, this. Joe? Well, the we uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to blame you directly. That's fair. So I think that's, I think that's worthy. Um, all of this blaming makes me tired. And when I get tired, I could sleep on my beautiful new Casper mattress if I wanted to. Wow. Um, you literally will spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you may as well get a good mattress that combines supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's just got the right amount of sink and bounce. I am talking about Casper. If you go to casper.com slash blueshirtbanter, the promo code is blueshirtbanter, you will get Bam. a special $50 off of your purchase, the purchase of a mattress. Um, it is... Free shipping and returns to the United States and Canada. You get a 100-night free trial. No hassle return if you're not happy. You couldn't even do that with a car if you wanted to. They have 20,000-plus reviews on Casper, Amazon, and Google, and they average 4.8 stars. Our podcast averages about 4.8 stars, so that's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a rating. That was before and, that opened. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, except for the open. Not, not after they hear the open. Um, oh, Casper is designed and developed and assembled in the United States of America So you're getting a little <laughs> bit of that USA pride And yeah, go to Casper.com slash BlueShirtBanter The promo code is BlueShirtBanter And you will get $50 off if you purchase a mattress Remember you get 100 nights of a free trial No hassle return if you're not happy And uh, it is free shipping anywhere in the United States and Canada And I'm pretty sure that's really the main bulk of our listenership With this, this hockey hockey-centric podcast. Um, so Casper.com. Except for the Bulgarians. 
banter. Yeah, well, there are some Bulgarians, I'm sure. There's, some, there's definitely uh, – if, if we're just talking about the website in general, we have actually had listens that Google picks up from, like, North Korea. I'm not even no. kidding. Really? Yes. No. Not consistently, but it, it's happened. That's, um, just, that's just hacker magic, Joe. A lot of, lot of like, really weird – I actually should – that should have been something we did over the summer. Maybe we'll do that on the next podcast, or if one of you talks long enough, I'll go and I'll do it. Like, the weirdest listens we've ever had, because Google Analytics collects data from uh, – I could collect it from, I think, the blog started in, like, 2007. So I'll see where, uh, where some of our weirder listens have come from. But uh, anywho – Welcome to Banter in the Blue Shirts. My name is Joe. I'm joined by Mike and Beth, and uh, we have things to talk to you about today. Hockey things. Ranger things. Um, Traverse City begins tomorrow. Hockey is back. Hockey? Hockey's back. There's hockey to hockey. talk about. There is no doubting it now. Hockey is in our lives once again. Um, so I guess we could start with Philip Keitel, who uh, I guess damaged his muscle in the four nations tournament. He will miss the Traverse city tournament, which is a shame, but there are uh, rumors that he will be able to participate in training camp. How disappointed are you, Michael, that you're not going to be able to get a uh, firsthand look at him? I think given what he's already done this summer, I think the, the hype was pretty real for getting a look at, uh, getting a look at Keitel. I know in terms of the actual Rangers roster, it's uh, from guys who are going to be in Traverse City. We want to really pay very close attention to Bear Glazov and also pay very, very close attention to how good Anderson looks. Um, but that doesn't mean that this isn't a bummer. I think we all would have liked to really get an idea of how Keitel measures up to a lot of other guys kind of in his peer group in terms of you know, guys who are trying to make NHL teams within the next few years here. Uh, I, I'm, I don't think anyone in, is really counting on him to make the Rangers 23-man roster. It, that would be kind of outside the realm of uh, reality. The Rangers are so deep at wing. There's no need to rush this kid. You know, he was, what was he, the 21st pick in the draft. So there's a lot of reasons where... You know, he's missing Traverse City, so maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get to see him in a, you know, play in a preseason game. But even that's kind of unlikely, I think, to some extent. But, yeah, it's a bummer. I don't like it, but it's hockey. Injuries happen. Injuries do happen in hockey. Um, Beth? Yeah, I mean, my my major concern would be him rushing it. And in that case, it's probably even better that we don't see him on the roster because there's no less worry, at least less concern that he's going to come back too soon um, and make it worse than it possibly already is. If they give him a more relaxed timeline, maybe a preseason game, if it happens to work out, um, that would probably be a, a scenario I'd be more comfortable with because um, the last thing we want is to break him when we just bought him. So, One of the main things that you can, I don't know, I guess attribute to Traverse City um, 
it's really your first look at some of these prospects. And I know this is the first time that we've had a bona fide first round pick, but to not see Heitel is disappointing because I think that we're in a place where he's sort of become like on Crider's level of hype. And I, I mentioned it in, well, actually, it's going to be in the story tomorrow um, for the 30 Days of Lundquist that I wrote. But there was a time not that many years ago where you didn't get any information on overseas prospects outside of, like, quick writings in the newspaper. Like Steve Zappé would write a little two-inch column about Henrik Lundquist doing really well with Forlunda. Um, so to have all this data at your, just at your fingertips – helps you hype these players up. You see some of the things that Heitel did in the Four Nations tournament. You look at some of the numbers he's put together when he was a 17-year-old in a men's league, and it's really hard not to get excited about him. So an opportunity to see him playing against some of his peers would be really, really cool. And not to have that obviously sucks. Um, I think if he comes back for training camp, that's great. Honestly, like Mike said, he wasn't going to make the team this year anyway. So so long as he's healthy for the start of his year, that would be wonderful. Yeah. That's really the main, the main concern. Um, but obviously, you'd love to see him as much as you can. I'd love to get a look at him in, in training camp. I think a couple of preseason games would be really some of the best things to happen because you can get a look at him against actual NHL competition, but not like true NHL competition because Bobby Farnham's going to be in the lineup. But you get what I'm trying to say. So um, outside of him... Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who are you most excited to see in Traverse City? And by the way, uh, just before you get to that, we have a caller who's waiting on the air. I, Blog Talk Radio is not working right now. So I, for whatever reason, I can't take you. So I apologize. I don't think we're going to be able to take callers today. Um, but Mike, go ahead. Who, you, uh, who are you looking at here for this, this Traverse City tournament? Yeah, that's, it's definitely – it's always a fun thing to watch, but this year, I think especially because of uh, because of the question marks with that third pair that the Rangers have or kind of don't have going into this upcoming season, there's Bear Glazov, Sean Day, and Pionk who are all going to be, you know, dressed in the, the tournament. And that's uh, is a very, very good chance one of them will make the team. And there's almost no chance that that two or three of them will, but it's still uh, Bear Glazov is the guy I'm really kind of focused on because he's played in the KHL against men. He's, you know, he's born in uh 94. You know, he's a guy who's he's, this should be, we should be able to watch him and say like, Oh, he's comfortable here. You know, he's, he's able to handle the physicality here at this level. You know, he's not getting beat by, you know, players on the outside and get an idea of what exactly he is and whether or not he is a guy the Rangers could be comfortable with as the uh, the sixth or seventh defenseman on the team. On the in terms of the other side of the puck, I think everyone's going to be watching Anderson, so I won't I won't get into that too much. But I'm uh, also really curious about Georgiev. Uh, it's Georgiev and Chris Chris Nell for the goaltenders, and um, it's we talked about it a little bit this summer that you know the Rangers goaltending pipeline got uh, shaken up a little bit with with Skapsky and uh, Helberg leaving uh, the system. But Georgiev was kind of an unexpected signing, but 
you know, all signs point to him being, you know, really kind of an intriguing goaltending prospect. And he actually was born in Belarus. So to bring back our, our earlier mention of Belarus, but those are the guys I'm going to be watching. I want to see all of those guys really, I don't know if dominate the right word, but I want to see Anderson play like he could be in the NHL right now, even if he doesn't end up there because, you know, he's a top 10 pick. You want to see a guy who's a top 10 pick kick ass in a tournament like this. Well, you really want to see them all kick ass in the tournament. And that's where it's where you kind of get into this. Oh, he didn't do it. Like, I think a really good example is Anthony Duclair did nothing in the Traverse city tournament. And then he tore it up in the preseason and, and had a, pretty good start to the year for the Rangers. So um, I don't think this is something that you can absolutely sit down and say, oh, my God, this guy needs to dominate or else he's not a good a good hockey player. But you definitely like – like I expect Elias Anderson to absolutely be one of the best players on the ice for both teams because this is a guy who has professional experience playing overseas. Um, curious to see – what's going to happen with Kovacs. I think this is a really big year for him. If you guys are unaware, he was involved in a, uh, I guess a street racing incident um, in Sweden that caused the crash that his best friend died in. Uh, So this is going to be for obviously off the ice reasons, a very testing moment and a testing year for him. But outside of all of that, I think he was really underutilized last year and Hartford has a new coaching staff and a totally new ideology for the way that they're going to play hockey and hopefully he's not going to sit on the fourth line so that they can give Tanner Glass first line minutes. Tanner Glass is in Calgary, so that can't happen. But, um, yeah, Ty Ronning, another player who's made some huge strides just in the WHL and some of the things we've seen from him. I'm really down on Grop. Some people want to see Grop, whatever. Um, and then Pionk, Sean Day, Bear Glazoff, like – like Mike said, there's definitely big names on this list, and the Rangers have more names on this list than normal because they have actual prospects now. So, woohoo! Um, Beth, any thoughts on this uh, Traverse City roster? I, I feel like Sean Day kind of got lost in the shuffle with D'Angelo and Bear Glazov, who, of course, are older than he is. Um, I just love his story so much. I love that he, you know, got whatever that special status was when he was younger. What's that called again? Exemption status. No, yeah, exceptional. Sorry, exceptional. <laughs> exceptional stat. I mean, how much more could you want? Um, coming up as a hockey player, and I'm a sucker for skating. Um, so I feel like he's the one I've kind of, I don't know, I've just been rooting for him uh, since we got him, and I'd really like to see him stand out among some of the new talent. I know that... Um, he gets in trouble sometime for taking risks. Um, but I don't mind that, especially if he's going to make the mistakes now and, you know, benefit from them later. Um, so I think you guys have basically covered everything else. But, yeah, like I said, I'm a sucker for skating. Day is just gorgeous to watch uh, in that respect. So I'm Day rooting for him. He's such a good skater that he looks lazy. I don't even know how else to describe it. If you see him on a back check, you're, you're watching him and you're thinking, wow, he's not trying at all. But he flies. He, he may be one of the best. Like when the Rangers drafted Kreider um, 
TSN, I don't know if they still do, but TSN used to do a, a grading metric for every part of the game. And it was on like a scale of one to 10, right? And all the prospects, or at least all the prospects that they thought were going to get drafted um, in the first round or could be drafted in the first round were graded on these different measurements. And Kreider got the highest score I think they could give out for skating. And I think Day is a better skater than Kreider is. He is, it is, and he's a big guy too. So is Kreider, but Day is a big guy. The reason we, I guess we should touch on that too. So only four players in juniors have ever been granted exceptional status. And what exceptional status means is you're permitted to play in junior hockey at 15 years old when normally you need to be 16 years old. Um, Connor McDavid is obviously one of them. Um, Sidney Crosby had to be one of them, right? I just had these names in my head. No, I totally forgot. Steven Stamkos was one of them, and Sean Day was the fourth one. So the reason Sean Day got it, more so than the absolute pure talent that the other guys have, which is what he was being unfairly compared to, is the fact that Sean Day is literally a mountain of a man. And he was a mountain of a man at 15 years old, and to have him playing in Mites or Pee Wee or whatever that league was was almost unsafe. So they moved him they gave, granted him exceptional status, and that's why he was able to play as a 15-year-old. But the reality of the situation is this is not – Sean Day was not granted this status because he was McDavid or because he was Crosby or Stamkos or whatever. Or Tavares actually is definitely on that list. It might not be Stamkos. It's Tavares. Um, so there's just a lot there. Yeah, okay, they're correcting me in the chat. It's Tavares, McDavid, Owen Ekblad, and Day. So yeah, it was I, not even Crosby. Maybe it didn't exist. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's the deal there. But I think I'm most excited to see from a defensive standpoint day. Although I got to be honest with you, there are a lot of people who think that if, if Pionk makes the team, he is going to be, he could be like a real impact player at the NHL level, which is a really good thing. The Rangers actually have a ton of, uh, the Rangers have a ton of, I guess, defensive depth all of a sudden. We're not used to that at all. And unfortunately, there's really no place to put no, them right now. Absolutely not. No, it's like it's like a, it's almost an embarrassment of riches. And it was the exact same thing that we talked about with the forward group last year. You know, the Rangers had almost too many forwards. You had no idea what they were going to do. There was no way Glass was making the team, right, with all the forwards. And then Av got the last laugh on that. But um, the defense kind of feels like that list this year. <laughs> Although Nick Holden is still here, which is a shock. And uh, he changed his number and everything since Shattenkirk took his number. So I guess he's not going anywhere. I kind of forgot about his existence until I, until I just started talking about it. So you'd think we'd have to see something soon now. One of you can answer that. Yeah, that's, throwing it out there. yeah it's yeah. getting it's getting to the point where he's still here. I mean, teams are still looking for answers, obviously. We, you know, we're seeing players sign PTOs left and right, but – uh I think it's a surprise to everyone outside the Rangers organization that he's still here. But like I, I've said it kind of on and off, it's it's very hard to tell what people like Gorton and Vigneault think of Holden. I mean, we saw him get scratched for a playoff game. You know, definitely under the spotlight there, he cracked a little bit, much like Stahl did. But uh he had, you know, we talked about it really all summer. He had such a tradable contract. Uh, you know, it's $1.65 He had 30 points. You know, 
he can technically play both sides, even though, you know, when seeing him on the right side is definitely something of an adventure. But uh, I, it's starting to get to the point where you think, well, he's still here. Does that mean he's here, here? And does that mean he's the seventh D? Because um, that's a lot of money to pay for a seventh D. But, in, you know, really at the end of the day, it's not crazy. I mean, it, so long as he's not taking an opportunity away from a guy like Bear Glazov or D'Angelo, it's not the end of the world. But really, if he is here, that's what he'll be doing. It's very hard to live in a world where the Rangers can have Holden and Bear Glazov both on the main roster, unless they're carrying 8D, which I don't see them doing. So uh, it's kind of tricky. It's very, especially at this stage of you know the off season. We're we're not even really in the off season anymore. You know, it's 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 yeah. you know he's he's changing his jersey number and uh, the team is moving forward here. So I'm surprised he's still here. Are you surprised he's still here, Beth? I I'm distressed he's still here. <laughs> distressed is a great word I, for this. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't. You know, if. They played him when they played him in the playoffs. Why wouldn't he still be here? I guess I have to say, you know, like this is another one of those cases where our logic is not <laughs> the team's logic. So, I, you know, I can't say, yeah, of course I would like to see him not being here, but um, that's, using, that's using our logic, and I'm not sure, again, we're using the same logic, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, is it going to be him install again? Too. Right? Um, the only thing I could well, possibly I- think of is the Rangers want to see whether or not, well, I actually don't even know if this, I was going to say what, who they're going to keep between Stahl and, and Holden, but of the two of them, Holden is the only one that's possible, possibly tradable. You would think. I mean, if there was a deal on the table for for Stahl, uh, I would assume that this would have been taken care of already. Yeah. You're, unless they're planning on sitting D'Angelo, which again, I cannot imagine that would be the case. You, you're How not, do you do it after what you paid for him? Well, right, exactly. And and I will be the very first person to tell you that you can't judge a player by those standards, right? Like, you can't say, oh my God, you need to make a decision about D'Angelo because of what you traded to get him. But when he's the only NHL asset that you get back, that tells me you must have been so high on him that it should not be an issue for him to be in the lineup. I would be astounded, absolutely dumbfounded, if he started the year in the AHL, uh, unless something amazing happened. And the only way that it would be acceptable is if Bear Glazoff or or Pionk outplays him for a role, which, who knows, that could absolutely be what happens but D'Angelo's ability on the ice and it's exactly what the Rangers need but it's sort of what they needed last year yeah you have Shattenkirk now you have McDonough but you don't want to overuse McDonough who knows if Shea was actually as good on the power play as he was last year you you, you want your option there but I am absolutely shocked that Nick Holden is still on this roster uh I have no idea Mike, we need a D word from you. Oh, I was going to say vexing, just because that's one of my favorite words. But uh, that's a nice too. Yeah, I don't know. Delirious is the wrong word. 
Del- well, you could <laughs> be delirious, but dazed, dazed is a good word. Dazed? Yeah, demoralized is work. a good word. Oh, demoralized, yeah. Demoralized deflated. might be the word. Deflated. deflated. Oh I like God, deflated. Um, just just in time for the school year, we're coming up with all of these vocabulary words. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Professor Happy Beth over there. Um. So I guess that kind of brings us to our next topic, which is the Rangers' lack of center depth. I will be honest with you. I am somewhat surprised that it's gotten to this point without them doing anything. I have a sneaking suspicion they're really expecting um, – they're really, really expecting uh, Lias Anderson to either make a big push for the team or to make the team. The only other option – and I'm going to play his name in my head – Athanasiu mm-hmm. from the Detroit Red Wings is a 23-year-old center who is threatening to go to the KHL. I think the Red Wings offered him a two-year deal for $1.9 million per year that he rejected. He feels slighted. He's a guy the Rangers can use. We don't see a ton of offer sheets anymore. And, Mike, I know you had some thoughts on this, so I'll let you, you dive into that one. Yeah, Athanasiu is really interesting on paper. The, the problem is, of course, if the Rangers – the first problem is we just don't see offer sheets anymore. They, we just, they don't happen. And when they do happen, the team that has the players' rights almost always signs them. I forget what it is, but I think we have to go back to, a, I'm not sure, but I think it's like 2011 for the last one. Maybe someone in the chat room will remember. But uh, on paper, you know, Athanasiu is fast. The Rangers really like that. And he can play center. And on a very, very, very bad team last season with Detroit, you know, he had 18 goals. Um, He had only 11 assists, but I think the 18 goals in 64 games stands out on a, on what's a very bad team. He's one of arguably one of the best skaters in the league. I think Uh, what's so interesting about him to me is this is a guy who I think if your team has cap space and you're comfortable with the idea of maybe paying him a little more than he might be worth right now, he's a guy you should offer. I can hear myself talking because one of you has the podcast on and it made me nervous. Uh, It's always not me. You're a dirty liar. Mother shouldn't lie, Beth. You have children. Mother shouldn't Um, lie. Mother shouldn't lie. You've made me feel <laughs> deflated. Uh, they shouldn't lie. <laughs> but yeah, Afanasiu is so interesting on paper to me just because of all those factors. He can play center. He skates like the wind. Uh, he has a bit of a goal-scoring touch. But I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things, well, why wouldn't you offer Sheetham? And there's all this, uh, you know, all this. Kind of, it's kind of this unspoken thing. Well, then you piss off Detroit. And maybe they'll never do business with you again. But, you know, this isn't like, you know, you eat the last, you know, slice of pizza. Do business with and, you again. This isn't like buying a shirt. You don't have that many choices. I don't know. I don't buy that logic. Well, I, no. here's the thing. I don't, I don't buy it as being logical, but that is the reason why people don't do this. Or, oh, shit, the next time that I have a... a the next time I have a UFA or a, an RFA, they're going to offer sheet him. 
Here, there's two reasons why I think offer sheets are not something that happens very often. The first reason is what Mike said. I think general managers, it's a boys club, and they don't want to step on each other's toes. Now, whether or not that's – like, if you're the general manager, your job is to make the New York Rangers better at all costs. If you need to go after a guy to do that, then so be it. That's just the way that it is. But what I think is another reason why this – doesn't happen is that for a guy in this circumstance, there's a compensation scale of what Detroit's going to get back if they elect not to match the offer. So he's not going to cost a first round pick for the New York Rangers. It's going to be a second and a third at its highest. So for Jeff Gordon, why are you a can do all the work to negotiate a contract for another team? Because if they come to an agreement, say, say he's so pissed at Detroit, he doesn't even want to think about them anymore. Hey, I'll sign this contract with you for $2.5 million. Detroit go, oh, you know what? We didn't think we can get him for that, but whatever. We'll match that offer. And then Jeff Gordon did all the work, and Detroit gets to reap the benefits. And you've pissed them off. But at this stage in the game, teams should be reaching out to Detroit and saying, hey, what do you want for this guy? Let us talk to him. Let us offer him a contract. And, you know, Nick we can make something – Right, we can make something work here. Do you want Nick Holden? You can have Nick Holden. Do you want Mark Stahl? You can have Mark Stahl. Boom. And make a trade. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Um, Arbor Green says the uh, say- last offer sheet that wasn't matched was Dustin Penner in 2007, which I do remember, Ducks to Oilers. Yeah, that's Go ahead, right, Beth. Penner. Um, yeah, I just, I, I was reading, uh, Satchel Price, and of course I always want to say Satchel Page, the, uh, SB Nation thing on offer sheets, and, I mean, he's right, how much more fun would it be if more people did this? And, in my mind, I am making myself Gary Bettman for a day, and among the 8 billion other things I would fix, I would make it that every team in the league had to offer sheets somebody. Everybody. Because, I mean, how exciting would everybody have to do it? You're forcing people into it? But the reality is, I understand. Here, here, listen, you want to talk about, like. I mean, obviously obviously I'm going over the top. I just, there's an excitement to that. And it's, you know, to not do it at all because of the old boys club, which I agree is probably the reason. That totally makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Just them denying us more fun, as far as I can tell. <laughs> if I'm a general manager, I could care less about the fun of the league. Although I do, I understand what you're saying. Like, it, it would be much more fun to have these things happen. It would be more exciting. Everybody would be talking about the fact that he's a potential free agent. Well, think back to when the Flyers offer sheeted Shea Weber. Those were an insane, insane 48 hours. Hockey yeah. was literally was on time. every single channel. ESPN was covering it like it was the Super Bowl. It was But awesome. who wants that, Joe? <laughs> but I guess my point is, as much as I want that as a fan, if a general manager doesn't see a, a, a clear-cut way to make his team better, like you're not going to do it for the excitement of the game for other people. However, I do think that in this... Steve Eiserman is a great example. Because when... He traded St. Louis to the Rangers. He was so pissed that he had to do that, that he traded both of the first-round picks that the Rangers gave him to the Islanders. That is, a, that is as spiteful of a decision as a general manager can make. 
So That's don't good, tell me that offering somebody an offer sheet is going to piss off general managers and, oh, they don't do that. Because you literally could not pick a more spiteful action. That is, it's like throwing like, your food at somebody at, at the cafeteria <laughs> when you're in middle school. It, it, he, okay, so you're basically saying out. it's against protocol. So that's well, why it doesn't happen. But here's the thing. It's, it's like against the man rules. Right. It's like yeah. a, it's a bro code that he broke. And if you're in a bro, bro code sh- to the point where you can't even offer sheet somebody because you don't want to miss out on your golf outings, then he probably should have thought of that before he went around and traded. I mean, the Islanders have Hosang, who's one of the more exciting prospects in the NHL right now because of that. So if there's going to be animosity, it's going to happen regardless. General managers don't care. They want to make the team better, but in this instance, they care for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to protect their own free agents. Who knows? Shea could potentially be offer sheeted next year. You don't know. So maybe you don't want to piss off the Red Wings, and maybe that's what it is. Everybody's protecting their own assets. I'm not a general manager yet, but I will be. I will be. Mike, do you have any thoughts on all these thoughts that I'm spewing? You're probably not going to be a general manager. I can tell you that. God, why? You always you crush my dreams. Hey, what did you say? I mean, prove I me wrong, buddy. Go out and prove me wrong. No, I can't now. <laughs> You've put it in my head that I can't do it. Well, I'm Uh-oh. just trying to prepare you for the real world. Okay, there you go again. Just hurting me. Um, yeah, I. it's definitely one of those things. I think the players don't mind it. I think players look at it as, you know, does fantasy is a Canadian guy? Does he want to, res, you know, is is he happy that his option right now is, you know, playing the KHL because no other GM in the NHL wants to offer him a contract that will almost certainly be matched by Detroit, and therefore he'll just be stuck back where he where he was uh, playing for a team that, you know, isn't. You know, he feels like it's slighting him and not respecting his abilities as a player. Uh, it's it's a really tough position for players to be in, which is why I sympathize with it. I think, you know, it's I understand why there's restricted free agency, and I, I believe it's important. I understand why there's entry level contracts, uh, but it's it's really really tough. You know, this this is a guy who's been 23 for a month. I think he's. You know, he's in a position where he's trying to make the sort of money he can live on for the rest of his life after his career. And, you know, a team like the Rangers or another team that has, you know, just enough cap space to make an offer sheet, you know, like a viable option. You know, it's it's one of those things, well, why don't we see it happen? Why, why don't we get to see it happen? And, and it's because of what you talked about, Joe. There's the... There's retribution and there's, you know, plenty of drama and all this stuff. So to the vast majority of general managers, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth the risk. It's not worth, you know, ruffling feathers or spoiling future deals or negotiations with other teams or opening up the door to, you know, get guys like Shea and Hayes and Miller offers. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. Tough, though. And. The more I think about it, the more I think it is NHL general managers. And it is a boys club, but you also want to protect your own assets. You don't need a team making a run at your key free agents. Um, I just don't. 
I don't think it's something that the Rangers need to really think about right now because you, you are going to have Shea. Um, you may have Hayes, depending on what's going on. You may have Miller. The Rangers have a lot of housekeeping to do this summer. So there are strategic elements. You could sign a guy that you know another team really needs to keep to a crazy contract and force their cap hand. It's sort of what the Flyers did to the Predators with Shea Weber. They signed him to an insane deal that they didn't think the Nashville Predators were going to be able to match, and the Predators were kind of in cap hell because of it. So, and, but again, are we talking about, like, have potential deals been ruined with, between the Flyers and the Predators? Uh, I, honestly, they've done nothing with one another, but who knows? I just think NHL general managers are nervous that they're going to do damage to their own stock. And they could. The Red Wings could absolutely target a guy like Hayes or Miller if things aren't going their way and go through it. Until he filed for arbitration, Zivanejad could have been poached on a restricted free agency, uh, an offer sheet. So you really just don't know. Uh, Mike, you asked the question before the podcast started, um, how worried are you if Desjardins is the Rangers' number three center going into the year? And I will throw that question back at you. How worried are you if Desjardins is the Rangers' number three, question, number three center in the NHL? Uh, I think, you know, when, when we heard <laughs> the Rangers signed him, <laughs> we looked at hero that? charts and, uh, you know, we looked at how he compares to other centers. And we know that so much of his production came on the power play. So... In an ideal world, he would have been that, that fourth-line center with offensive upside. With that being said, you know, we talked about this already with, with Holden. You know, this is where we are in, in the offseason. And, you know, it's September now. The Rangers still haven't, still haven't made that move or, you know, offered, uh, you know, like a tried to put together an offer sheet or, you know, bringing a guy on a PTO, like a long shot guy, like a David Booth or something like that. We saw Detroit do that. Uh, and because of that, it's it's getting to the point where it looks pretty certain that we'll see Dayarnay in that third line center role. I'm not terribly worried on terms of what the roster looks like on paper. Um, I think in many ways I'd be a lot more comfortable if, if that spot is filled by Anderson. But, of course, the main question is, you know, at what cost does that come? And I think we'll figure out whether or not that's even a reality with Traverse City here. Uh, and that's why – that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm going to be paying, you know, a lot more attention than I have in the past. I watched the games in the past when I could catch them streaming, but, you know, it, there's a chance that two players who are going to be on the Rangers roster – uh, are going to be, you know, on the ice in Traverse City. And, you know, that's been the case before, but this is, you know, one of them was the, the seventh overall pick, and the other one is a guy, if, you know, if the Rangers don't handle him right, he'll be back in back in Russia. I, I'm, the only reason I'm concerned about Dayarnay being there is, is what happens if there's an injury. If, you know, when we played the Canadians in the past and Dayarnay was there, their second line center or whatever the hell he was, it was one of those things like, who the hell is this guy? Why is he their second line center? I don't want the Rangers to be in that position where if Hayes or Sabinajad goes down, I want there to be more center depth. I don't like that, 
you know, we were talking a bit about it before the show. Like, who's in Hartford after Nieves? If it's if Nieves is the first uh, center to get the tap on the shoulder to come up, who is there after him? And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, would say, oh, you just move Miller over to center, you bring up a winger. And, of course, that makes sense. But there's there's a question of, you know, defensive assignments and responsibility and how comfortable a guy is playing center at the NHL level. And those are the things that concern me. I don't know. Beth, do you like Dayarnais, the Rangers' third-line center? I honestly, you're going to laugh at me. I feel like I can't think about this anymore. I can't do it. I can't. I mean, the Madeline Tom flame <laughs> coming out of my face. I just, I can't. I, I'm so both worried about this and feeling helpless about it and feeling like I'm just not going to know until I see things on the ice. I can't. I can't think about it anymore without actually being able to watch something. So I, I realize that's utterly unhelpful. I mean, anything helpful I would have said, I think you guys have covered or we talked about it before. And, yeah, at this point we're waiting and seeing, right? There's nothing else we can do. Yeah, but that's, I think that's, that's a good point, though. Like, your concern to me speaks volumes about what this actual scenario is. Like, you, you said it yourself. It's until you see what's on the ice. And to me that just is like, well, I would be a lot more comfortable – if there was some kind of insurance policy, you know, like a something like last season in training camp where, you know, we saw Nathan Gerby, who's immortalized on this podcast uh, for for Beth's Grabner-Gerby mix-up. Gerbner. Grabner. Gerbney. But, you know, it's like, oh, you know, there's there's this, if all else fails, we have this guy who's proven in the NHL who can step in here. And that, that scenario is not there right now for the Rangers. It could be. They, there could be a PTO. You know, there could be something that comes late. Who the hell knows what happens with Winnick? But uh, it's it's definitely something that I think is is an, like an obstacle the Rangers have to face in training camp in the preseason because you trade Derek Stepan, and you don't make a move like that without knowing your next couple moves. And I think everyone really expected the Rangers for us to see those moves after, all right, you traded Stepan and you extended Zabinajad. That makes perfect sense. Signed Dayarnay. Okay, that's surprising, but surely that's not the answer. And then no other answer comes. What if this was the Rangers' plan? Because you're right. You don't trade a guy like Derek Stepan for really no NHL assets in return unless you have a plan. What if they thought legitimately Lias Anderson is an NHL-ready prospect who they can just throw in there? Or what if they knew they were going to have a shot at a guy like Desjardins? Or, I mean, maybe there was a deal that fell through, but again, that would surprise me because you'd think that they would be absolutely 100% sure before they did something like this. I'd find it very hard to believe the Rangers panic traded Stepan in regards to, oh, we don't actually know what we're going to do with him. We don't want to have an issue with him where he has the no movement or the no trade clause. We got to get rid of him. I don't think it went down like that. But, but I will say that in terms of cap flexibility, the Rangers would not be able to be where they are right now with Stepan in the lineup. So is it possible Michael Murphy, dig deep BSB, that they uh-huh. intentionally traded Stepan for cap space. 
Yeah, that is my possible. I, but I don't think you you just do that move. You don't just trade Stepan for cap space and, you know, sign off on that and then say, I will worry about the whole missing one of our top six centers thing later. You you have to have the next couple of things figured out. And for the Rangers case, that means they must have felt really goddamn good about guys they could have gotten seventh overall and or they were really expecting you know, we certainly know it's not a guy who's already in the system that was going to be ready. In terms of what's there in Hartford, there's no, there's no top six guys there. It's, they just don't exist right now. You know, hopefully that that won't be the case in a few years. But it's Rangers' system and is a lot of like career AHLers, very 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 promising blue liners and defensemen, but. In terms of forwards, like what's there that's an answer for like a top six role? There's nothing there. So unless Gorton felt really comfortable about the free agency market, you know, we heard the Rangers were connected to Thornton for a little while and Marlowe for a little while. And uh, it's clear they were thinking about things and interested in some names out there. But of course, after seeing, you know, what the cost of those guys was, you know, it was never going to work out. But I don't know. I. I'm worried that they that a misstep was made or that the Rangers are now kind of hoping that an answer falls into their lap in training camp on a PTO or if they get a late offer on, you know, a guy like Holden for a team that doesn't have, you know, as, as many defensemen, maybe because of some, like the, the expansion draft, you know, they lost, they're not really comfortable with where they are. They want that six or seven D or, or maybe even, you know, 50 or whatever the hell they need. But, uh, on paper, I look at the Rangers roster, and even with Anderson and all of his upside, I say the Rangers should have another guy that can play yeah. center comfortably in the NHL. I just Here's wish I felt. Go ahead, Wait. Beth. Oh, Joe. No, I, I guess I just um, I have confidence in Hayes as a player, no question. Um, I what about as a man? That's my next podcast. Um, I, I do feel like that, uh, that something about him and AV doesn't quite click. And Joe, I think, did you write about this, Joe? About what AV wants him to be and what he is? And I know we talked about you? it. I don't even remember if I wrote about it. But if you liked it, I'm going to say yes, I wrote about it. <laughs> I'm just saying I would have I would have more faith in Hayes at that position if he was being coached by somebody other than A.B., I think. I just, uh, I feel like part of the reason for Hayes' sort of fall off in production is coaching-related. And you know what? That could just be a conflict. This isn't just me bashing A.B. for no reason, um, because I have done that in the past, and I admit it freely. Um, Yeah, I guess if Hayes could find his own way at center to be, you know, whatever he's going to turn into, I, I'd feel better about it than trying to make him the, I think you said like two way shutdown player that I'm not sure that that's going to happen. So I guess I, I just don't to be feeling uncertain about everybody under except the very first line center. <laughs> is definitely a new position for us to be in. 
and I wasn't going to think about it, and I just yelled, and now I'm clearly thinking about it. So thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to be up all night. All she's doing is thinking. Thinking, thinking. He, the, the point that I was going to make before Beth rudely interrupted me, Beth, uh-huh. um, is that the, there's really three times a year where the shopping is good on, on an NHL level. Um, the NHL trade deadline, free agency, and then really a week before the season. Because a week before the season, teams there maybe have five players that they need to send down. And that's where teams send down players who could be NHL players, but they have to expose them through waivers. And there may be deals to have, be had there. Because if a team knows, like, as an example, say the Rangers still had a Rivik or a guy like Jensen, and he doesn't make the team, he's probably not making it through waivers. So what do you do? You send him into waivers and risk losing him for nothing, or maybe you reach out to a couple of teams and you say, hey, listen, what's your interest on this? So maybe the Rangers are waiting for those moments to be able to go to some other teams who have center issues and say, hey, we need a guy – you know, let's let's try to consummate a deal here. We're not going to keep holding up. You're not going to keep your player up. Why don't we try to make a deal? And if something is better than nothing type of situation. And it is entirely possible that that's one of the plans. But like Mike's alluded to, there's it's a, a bad plan. There's a significant amount of risk in that plan. So much risk, yes. in fact, that it's not really a plan. It's a gamble. Not a plan. Uh-oh. So dealing I like that. With, you're dealing with too what many unknowns in that scenario. I think Plan that was complimenting me, Michael. I, like the I am. Yeah, I did you. compliment you. Oh, that's what you're I'm saying. I need him now. to be quiet so that I can hear you compliment me, and then I know that it's real. Um, so are the Rangers gambling? There's a part of me that thinks that they did this intentionally, by the way. That they they just wanted to save the cap space, and they would figure out the center thing as they as they went along. Uh, I don't know. But I'll tell you this much. I would much rather be fretting, as the two of you were saying in the chat, I'd much rather be fretting over the center depth than the defensive depth for like the ninth year in a row. I think the Rangers' defense has enough addition, and I'm including new, not with Dan Girardi, Ryan McDonough, as an addition. They have enough offense to overtake Stefan's offense and enough – defense to maybe cover the mistakes that you're going to get from having a guy like Desjardins and then whoever else as your bottom six centers. I, I think that's part of the plan. And that is a plan. It's a gamble too, but there's at least some coherence to that, I would say. You fools. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I need to rectify something. I pulled the Google Analytics from all the way back to 2010. There is no North Korea. There's no North Korea. In fact, yeah, there what, are a, what, a, what a surprise. So <laughs> there are currently, I think, 197 countries in the United States, not in the United States, in the world. Um, oh we have been visited by 227 different countries. Woo. Now, there are some countries on here, like the Cook Islands, that apparently don't count as a country. So that's why the number is higher. But there are only two countries that I can see on Google's map that do not have not visited the website. North Korea is one of them. And then there's another one. 
African country. Yeah, not really a surprise. Is is not a surprise. I could have sworn no. I could have sworn. Um, Hang on, I'm going to tell you. Western, the the Western Sahara. Nobody from there. Western Sahara. I guess. You know what I really want? What? Largely desert. I'm not surprised. I want to see a hockey bench filled with people in those T-Rex costumes, you know, that everyone wears oh, now. And God. they look funny I, when they run. I want to see sticks them playing hockey. That, that would be really happy. I love those it suits. Would, I just felt like sharing that. Those suits are awesome. Um, all right. Number You're one country to visit Blue Shirt Banter, United States. Number two country, you could probably guess. Okay, none of you guessed. Canada. Canada. Who do you think Canada. is number three? Russia. Sweden, Sweden is no. the best guess. Norway. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Max Zuccarello. Then the United Kingdom. Okay. Sweden, huh. Germany, Australia, seventh. Eight is... N- Quote, not set. So I don't know what that means. So eight is France. The upside down. Nine is Finland. So Ten is uh, Czech Republic. France is that high? France is that high. Israel is 13th. Brazil is 14th. Yeah. Russia is 15th. Japan is 16th. South Korea is 19th. Do you remember, do you remember the NHL defenseman Robin Regeer? I do not. Oh, he played for the Kings in uh, Calgary. He was born in Brazil. Was he then? That's right. Let's see. Let's see. Pakistan, 62nd. Vietnam, 67th. This is riveting podcast stuff, Joe. We should keep this up. Just telling you. Not since it's the beginning, but I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, the beginning was great, Joe. After your the beginning, little the beginning pep could talk. not have been more of a disaster. Guys, Unless you're in the beginning of this, of this ill-thought segment. I think we could make it a bigger disaster if we tried. Listen, I just need to turn like off really the... Who do you think is going to have the best tournament? Best Four Nations tournament. I mean, God damn it, Traverse City tournament. Oh, my God, you ruined the podcast. <laughs> I, you don't I even know the name. Podcast. I'm trying to fix the goddamn podcast. You don't even know the name. Uh, Anderson. There is just too much experience in that boy for him not to dominate. Boy. And that sweet boy. And that sweet boy. I want to. I want Ty Ronning. Ty Ronning are the guys who are like they're my my dark horses for the guys who I really want to watch and see. Uh, Wait, who? I'm so cold. Ty Ronning. Who's the son of Cliff Ronning, who's a late round pick of the Rangers that has really been impressive. Uh, and then Tim Gettinger, who's a goddamn, like a dump truck with skates on him. He's giant, and I love him. <laughs> He's got dumps like a truck. Truck, truck. I'm going to sing in the game. Guys like what? 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 Oh, no, no. Trying to look at. Yeah, Gettinger is six foot six, Beth. Okay. And he, and the Rangers got him in the fifth round in 2016. He 
plays for he's the got a lot of brass playing He's big. He's a big boy. He, and like he's Brian 19. Boyle, when Brian Boyle was scoring 20 goals a year, he's got a lot of Brian Boyle in him. Yeah, man. I, I love, I really, he's the sort of late, like late round pick that I really get excited about. Uh, I, we've seen little, like I read up on what Adam was, did the research on him and I was like, okay, you know, this is a guy I want to keep an eye on and I've been reading more about him, trying to watch him play every now and then when I can find clips and, you know, find game film and stuff. And there's so much to like about him. He's, he's big, but he, he's not one of those guys who's, you know, like a, like 70 or 80 penalty minutes in a year. He, he plays such a smart game. He just uses his size to protect the puck and go through people. It's awesome. And then Ty Ronning is the opposite. He's tiny as all hell, I think. Ty Ronning, he's... Is hell tiny, Michael? What is he? He's 5'9", so he's not that tiny, but we 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 all know that every guy who's 5'9 is actually 5'8", so... Yeah. <laughs> Tell Four, me five, about six. it. He had five points in 12 games with the Wolfpack last season, Ronning did. He was the Rangers' seventh-round pick in 2016. I mean, he may go back for an overage year. And I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that because I, I did not think he looked out of place when he no, played. He absolutely. Did. It, for, for the Wolfpack. Dog shit Wolfpack team? No. He looks fine. Oh, oh. I mean, he's 19 years old. I mean, he's turning 20 in, uh, in October, but there's a lot to like there. You know what this is. I wish it was easier to go see the Wolfpack. I know. I, mean, I, was, I was thinking about that recently. Hartford is a uh, difficult place to traverse. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. And the XL Center is an awful location. Absolutely awful. None of it's good. Maybe the worst location. Well, we're never going to have a, a wolf pack on the podcast with this right? now. Well, you call them a dog shit team. What do you think? Even they oh. would admit their dog shit team also. I, I, I absolutely do not think they would. They may know it in their head, but they're not going to say it. Well, <laughs> By the way, so I, I, while we've been talking, I'm on Google Earth because I was looking at North Korea. Um, and Google Earth is so sophisticated <laughs> that they actually have like live weather. Like I'm looking at Hurricane Irma on Google Earth right now. Well, I know you're lying because... Hurricane Irma is nowhere in North Korea. Well, no, now I'm I'm not looking at Korea anymore. Now I'm looking at Irma. You have the attention span of a child. I have the attention span of like a sick goldfish. Um, Oh, no. What does a goldfish goldfish have? Even less attention span. It has the only fish they get ick. The normal ick. I know of exactly one fish illness. It's called fin rot. It's so sad. Dorsal fin. When they get... That's right. Um, just want to watch hockey already. That's all I want. Well, you're going to get the opportunity to. I feel like we've done all we can do without actual hockey. You, yeah. you know what? I, I So it's I, been I a just want to say... Summer, I meant to mention this as well, and I didn't. Um, if you did not listen to last week's podcast, 
please do. We got an opportunity to, to uh, interview Colton Orr, who was unbelievable. I mean, I knew Mike and I were talking about it after the show. Beth, unfortunately, couldn't join us, but um, I knew he was a smart guy, and just from talking to him before the show, but he was absolutely enlightening. And just a really good interview, getting the perspective of someone who played the role of an enforcer, where he thinks the game is going, fighting in hockey, Goon 2, which if you haven't seen, go see, um, which Orr is in. Just there's, there's a lot there. Um, so please listen to that interview. Thank you guys for supporting us through the summer. I know it, 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 this podcast probably got a little silly, but we think we, uh, we think we do best when we get a little silly. Um, but they're really outside of like a few pockets of utter information, the step on trade and Shattenkirk there really wasn't a ton of Rangers news. It was, it was somewhat quiet in that regard. Um, you know, so you know what, any Joe? other – what would you say? I said, you know what? What made it all worth it was being able to lay down on a delicious Casper mattress. A Casper mattress. Mm-hmm. You're goddamn right, that Casper mattress. It's school time, You're folks. You want to send your kids to college on a bale of hay? You want them sleeping like circus folk? You want them um, sleeping? No offense to Go any ahead. circus folk. Uh, you have something to say that's normal? I don't think kids bring mattresses to college, but you know what, you Beth? Know what? You're a mother, and your kids are actually Ooh. going to college right now. What the hell do you know? Yeah, do you, do you no, think that's... you know things about college, of which you work Not and yet, teach? Apparently. No. Okay, they bring mattresses now. They yeah. Bring Not only mattresses do they bring mattresses, now. they bring They're like whole. They're trying to sell mattresses here, Beth. They bring whole beds, entire yeah. beds. So we're running a business we're selling coils and fabric and rectangular shapes okay do you have any idea do you can i tell you guys a funny college bed story though and it's not you dirty absolutely can it's it could be dirty. dirty it's always dirty no it's not dirty it's disturbingly clean actually okay so yeah so... <laughs> you'll see what i mean in a minute you guys know what a dust ruffle is right like a dust uh, bunny? Uh, 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 <laughs> no. A dust ruffle is one of those pretty long hanging floofy things you put between like under between your box spring and your mattress and then it hangs down to the floor. And oh, so you don't see the curtain. floor under a bed. That's sure, it. Well it's like a bed curtain, but it's called a dust ruffle. I thought it was called a bed skirt. It can also be called a bed skirt. Very very good job. It is not Ooh. called a bed curtain ever said that um so yeah i i I roomed with someone (laughs) i roomed with someone who insisted on putting her dust ruffle on the top bunk because she really didn't want the top bunk but she got it anyway and then i had this weird dark horrible curtain bed that i didn't want um that i couldn't see out of anyway okay that wasn't as funny but it was was when it happened yeah that that was terrible Honestly, like you, you you should be somewhat ashamed. I I I agree that 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 it was a foolhardy decision, but oh, criminy, Beth. We're trying to sell mattresses here. Very passive-aggressive, girly thing to do, which means I shouldn't be talking about it on a hockey podcast. I'll talk about it on my podcast. That's not true. 
Hockey podcasts are for women as much as they are for men. <laughs> I'm so betting I can learn etiquette of bed curtains, and so be it. As Mike refers to it, a bed curtain. <laughs> Dust ruffles are for everyone. You know what, Joe? I hope you walk testicles first into a doorknob. How do you like that? What did you say to me, son of a bitch? Oh, my. I was telling a clean story. It was boring, but it was clean. <laughs> it, it really, I expected so much more out of the story, I have to say. Oh. I'm, I'm, Beth, you know I love you so much, but that story did not have anything in it. It could have potentially right, been really the worst story it. told on the podcast. <laughs> it honestly might be. I, I can't think of one that was billed. How the hell? How the hell do I add that to the banner? Yeah, how do you? I, it just, I, maybe just a photo of Beth. I apologize. A, maybe okay, a picture um, of just a bed curtain or. Oh, I have a yeah, good I question. I have a question. All right, Mike has a question. Right, so, Athanasiu, if you if you don't know what he looks like, the man has some goddamn major league eyebrows. They are powerful. So my eyebrows. My question is, who has the best eyebrows in the Rangers? I don't, I don't really know what anyone's eyebrows like. It's the worst answer you I can mean, give me. That's a, it's such a weird, but like, who? I've never inspected a Ranger's eyebrow unless they're enormous, which his are, but. I don't know, like, who would you, how would you even answer your own question? Mika. Easily Mika's a Benajad. Okay, you know what? Also, Buchnevich are damn good eyebrows. Buchnevich mm. has got that straight line. Mika does have powerful eyebrows. I'll give you that. I'm Googling people frantically right now, just so you know, in case I'm quiet. Just to look up eyebrows. Mika's my one, Buch is my two in the eyebrow game. Just bed curtains. Hank is always in it in the top five for everything except for ugly because Hank's perfect. He's perfect. That's a handsome man. I, goddamn handsome. McDonough's got a handsome man who was on morning talk shows. So was he on that morning talk show simply to promote the outdoor game? They did talk about that enough that it made me feel like that was the case. They were definitely selling the outdoor game. Uh, what a great feeling of outdoor hockey. And I mean, he gave a speech about shadows that was sort of surrealistic, actually, but quite moving uh-huh. in its own way. Moving. There are no shadows when you play inside. It's true. It's fair. That is a fair assessment from a, a, a quality hockey player. But I love yeah, Kevin Shattenkirk. There's shadows, and it makes the game look different. I also love oh. Kevin Shattenkirk. I never thought that. I always liked when, like Ryan Miller did it first, uh, wearing the beanie over the helmet. <laughs> I don't know why, but that that tickles me to no end. Because damn cool. Really cool. Yeah. That was when Crosby won it in the shootout, right? Yeah, I didn't want to bring yeah. that up. But you did. Well, you, you, you kind of did bring it up by bringing it up. I'm going to murder you and hide you under my bed curtains. <laughs> See the way he does me? He does me wrong. Um, Call the man. Like, 
I'm looking up strange islands of the Pacific. The Cook Islands, they visit Blue Shirt Banter. Luke Named after the explorer, James Cook. Is that true? Yeah. yeah, I like his eyebrows. No, James Cook. No, got... Oh, I like Zuccarello's eyebrows. He's got eyebrows. I thought Zuccarello had really crazy eyebrows, but that's the thing. Like, Zuccarello's the easy answer for everything these days. What? Because Zuccarello's the easy answer wonderful. for everything these days. Whenever you, you see, see he has his own line of clothing in Norway, the New York Rangers, you Zuccarello could be the answer. Who's the like? We asked Colton or who the funniest ranger was, and I don't even remember what he said, but it wasn't Zuccarello, and I was surprised. Rick Nash does not have good eyebrows. No, not really. He has good eyes, though. I'll give him that. He always looks like Chris Kreider have good eyebrows. Yeah, Chris Kreider has some pretty good eyebrows. Chris Kreider also looks Crap. like he could be a samurai. Yeah, he looks like he's a. Like a if buccaneer. He did, like the pulled back ponytail. Depends where on what you he does with the it. sides of the head and then you, you gloss over the top of the head and you really pull that back. He would be a samurai. You give, you give Chris Kreider a couple of hoop earrings and an eye patch and he can, he can fl- sail on any of the seven seas. Okay. I think we've, we're slowly reaching the, uh, really the valley of this podcast. This is how you end you up under a bed curtain. Austin though. Matthews eyebrows first, though. Huh? Austin Matthews eyebrows. Oh, he has powerful eyebrows. He has Very groomed powerful. eyebrows, is what he has. Well, he almost has to I'm groom them. I guess he would. I I must be looking at the after pictures because Ovechkin's got the Ovech brow, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Matthews eyebrows look too good. I'm suspicious. See, that's what I'm saying. They look better than mine. And I have good eyebrows. Nobody's looks better than Beth's. Beth's eyebrows are fucking great, people. Go to bed on your sweet caster mattress knowing that. Or it's bed curtain. She happy with the swear that you just threw out there? Yeah, we're allowed one a show, remember? And we haven't mm-hmm. done it in a while. I think that was a rule that you created. It is a rule I created, which is created by the Whatever that thing is that rates movies. Rotten Tomatoes? No, like the board. I want to go home and I'm home. All right, so that's a good sign we need to wrap up. <laughs> that's how much you've scared we, me. We put, we put that one on a t-shirt. I want to go home and I'm home. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's profound. Folks, Ranger um, Hockey is here. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, we're going to have some serious things to talk about. Thank you Outside so much to everyone who chipped in. Chipped in on Patreon. Is... You're amazing. I was about to get into Patreon. Patreon.com slash Blue Trip Panther. Anthony Viola, John J. Porter, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Daniel DeGem, Matt Bader, George Lippman, Guy from Montana, Andrew Grigo, John Reppy, Stink Fleeman, Trevor Kempner, Dan Carosi, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa. Alexander Thornton, Igor Zatlowski, Thomas Osa, and Michael Silvers.Ank you. Thank you. All of you. Mike, How many people did we get from Montana? Every name. I should have. They should deserve have, yeah. that. I do. How many people from Montana go on the, the, the website, Joe? Yeah, I don't think it breaks it down by state. 
Well, then what good is it? What good are you? Well, you've been very hurtful today. Well, you've been very hurtful. You hurt me today. I didn't, uh, I've never hurt you. Never once. Well, uh, if you are in the path of Hurricane Irma, please stay safe. If they tell you to evacuate, evacuate. Um, yeah, stay safe, for the love of God. I do a lot of work yeah. with Orlando, Miami, West Palm Beach, um, Tampa Bay, and those television stations to evacuate. Are, are all on high alert. So um, it is a very, very scary situation. I think new models are pretty much showing that it is going to slam um, really the middle of Florida. So right now I'm thinking Miami and West Palm Beach are going to get laced up. Um, so... Just please be aware of that. If you happen to be listening to the show right now, you should be evacuating. Evacuate. Um, all right. Anything else, you guys? Uh, Beth, twitter.com slash Beth Macklin. Mike, twitter.com dig deep BSB. Joe, twitter.com blue shirt banter. Blue shirt banter for all of us. And Mike writes for women's hockey at the Ice Garden. Whoop, whoop. Did I miss anything? Nope. Everyone take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Be safe. Goddamn right. Good night. Beth is a whale.